I don't understand why there are so many sort of profoundly interesting experiences that people get hammered through their own weddings. They go to game seven of a sporting event and they turn it into an open bar. Like, I don't understand why people do that. It's like, (laughs) this is something that you want to have your memories well crystallized. About. That's right. I mean, if I were if I were going to the electric chairs, I for sure would want to be drawn for like <laughs> or something. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is controversial, but mostly in good faith. We have another full schedule today with discussions around sex toy jealousy, squirting, how to last longer during sex, and how to ask a man to have casual sex. And Maybe we'll have time to get to a few things after that. I am Keith. My co-host is Mike. Mike, I was talking to a few other podcast hosts this week, and I was a bit surprised to hear how much listener feedback they get, given the number of listeners they have. We've sort of long held the theory that people are afraid to email us because of the uh, unsavoriness of our content. Mm -hmm. And my discussions this week confirmed that. Do you have any ideas for how to get people to write us more. Wait, what, what can you give some, some kind of detail about the conversations you had? I have, this is the first time hearing about this. this is like people with yeah. small audiences who are getting like tons of emails from their listeners all the time. Yeah. There's this guy in my run club who hosts like a, this, you're going to roll your eyes, but a, a crypto podcast. Oh, well, okay. so, so there's, yeah. I mean, crypto bros are sort of notoriously <laughs> overly chatty. And so that might be, yeah. be part of that. Um, and then, yeah, I was talking to one of the guys who hosts a basketball podcast and he was sort of, yeah, I was asking him like what his listener numbers are and they're a bit lower than us and he gets substantially more email than us. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, we have like the shy Trump voter phenomenon here where people are going to vote for Trump, but they're not going to admit that they vote for Trump. And so I think people are listening to us, but they're not going to write in and have their name be, be, be put to listening to us. That's true. I mean, I, uh, the problem of course, is that we, um, run the risk of getting a lot of emails from middle-aged men showing us dick pics or something like that. Of course, what we like is what I like at least is stuff like the, uh, audio porn we got that we played last week on the show. That was a very nice one. We do have, I mean, various other things. Like we have a company now sending us sex toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a glass dildo showing up. So that's nice. Um, <laughs> and some lube and some other stuff. And I, I, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what's coming next, but I think monthly we're going to get these shipments of sex toys. So we get some important mails. I mean, are they yeah. getting like, a, you know, basketball paraphernalia sent to them by companies? I'm not sure. I don't know if they're getting sneakers or probably not mugs that say, uh, what was Sam Bankman Fried's company? Uh, I forget. I forget too. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dead. Theranos yeah. number two. Right. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So, I mean, normally we pay $10 for any feedback we receive. So if you mm-hmm. send feedback to ymmvpod at gmail.com or at, at ymmvpod on Twitter, we pay $10 for feedback, should we should we up that for a week and see if that does anything? Sure. To sort of sure. test the hypothesis here. How much should we do? Oh, I, I think we've tried twenty in the past and okay. had moderate success with that. All right. 
Let's try 30. So we'll, we'll give $30 to the first 10 people who send us feedback this week. All right. I think people don't want to, they're worried about, it's just like, yeah, it's like the shy Trump voter. People don't want to give us their email address or, uh, right. Because interestingly there, I think they might be afraid we'll publicize it, but we actually have no history of that. Um, we don't, you know, we're actually really careful and we're uh, not to going make sure. To, yeah. Yeah. That's right. We're very careful to make sure people, and honestly, there's another thing, which is, we just don't care. Like, oh yeah. Okay. So we might know your name. We just don't care. <laughs> Like we're not, yeah, like, I'm, yeah, we're not I'm like not that even. masturbating, thinking about the fact that some person somewhere is listening to our podcast. Like, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. We're not interested in doxing our listeners. Right. So, all right. So we finished last week's episode. There was one final thing that the emailer wrote in that we didn't address. And I'm just going to read what she said here. Um, so uh, she talks about, uh, she her face body personality combo falls pretty solidly under the umbrella of hot. And she goes on and hot girls can be good at sex too. It's a practice to me. And I have a lot of fun with evolving my solo practice and my partnered practice. I put in the effort for me because it keeps me interested and engaged more, not because I feel like I need to use it or to entice or keep a man. And I never rest on the laurels of my looks because exerting zero effort would be such a wasted opportunity. Like the people who go to the gym and just fuck around. The effort of both people is worth more than the sum of its parts. And it makes the payoff so good that you do crazy shit, like send unsolicited masturbatory voice memos. So I think what she's responding to here is, it's been a while since we talked about this, but we've talked about how there's sort of this classic trope that attractive women are less good at sex. So maybe let's start there. Yeah. Let's say you had a graph of attractiveness versus sexual proficiency. And of course, both of those things are a bit subjective, but if you could come up with some sort of objective member, uh, some objective measure, <laughs> Freudian there, do you think there's any correlation? I don't or think there's- negative a, correlation? I don't think there's a strong, like a likelihood of a strong correlation there. Um, I do think, the place I do think there is a correlation is between, is essentially, um, motivation to have sex with new partners or sort of sex drive interest in it as a topic, I think is more likely if you're less attractive. Because but those two things would correlate with ability. I don't, oh, but why? Because they have more practice? Sure. Or, or more no. eagerness also might correlate with ability. I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I hear that. I mean, my general thought is that, um, first of all, I don't, I think... I think in general, ability matters more for the guy. What do you think about that, actually? Yeah, I think that's true. Okay. I think <laughs> I think as a woman, sleeping with virgins would be terrible generally. And as yeah. a man, there's some things that are maybe not great about it, but you can still make it happen. Right. So it's, so it's I mean, there's some amount of ability, obviously, in certain acts that a woman can do, but I think it's relatively less important. And the... Uh, I think eagerness, interest, and so forth are more important. Kind of being into it, like emotionally invested, and so forth, is more important for a woman than like actual technique that she might have picked up. And the other thing is that I'm not sure that um, once you're actually the woman's actually having sex with somebody, that uh, I, I suspect that the eagerness or sort of her behaviors in that situation are more kind of pre-programmed, maybe genetic, kind of behavioral than. Uh, 
I'm talking about the thing that I think could be correlated to attractiveness would be the behaviors they have before you're having sex. In other words, how motivated they are to um, uh, basically pursue a man uh, once you're having yeah. sex. Okay. Like I think then it's like a level playing field. Can I respond? Yeah, for sure. So I think during sex, you're right. The man generally takes the lead and, you know, there are some dominant submissive things that people do where that isn't the case. But in general, I think men probably affect the quality of the sex more than women during. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess one caveat there is, yeah, some amount of eagerness might be lost amongst attractive women. So like uh, an attractive woman might be less likely to go down on her partner. I don't think so. I mean, because I don't see, I, I don't think so. And the reason why is because I actually sort of strongly disagree with that because okay. the, <clears throat> I think that the, the, the place, a very attractive woman, the place where she's going to stop activity is going to be before she's like looking at the head of your penis. Like when she's looking at the head <laughs> of your penis, she's already decided she's having sex with you, right? Like it's going to yeah. be hours before that or days, weeks before that, when she's going to stop the activity. Um, I mean, for example, uh, You'll love this example. I mean, the uh, the TV show The Bachelor just wrapped up. I, I assume you've been watching the uh, no I, experiences I, of I, no. I occasionally watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette when I have <laughs> a girlfriend, but oh, oh, that's I haven't nice, for a while, uh, and so I've, nice I've insult been... there. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, I enjoy it. Uh, well, look, you can fast forward through large sections of it, but there there are elements of it that are enjoyable. But the, the main point I wanted to make is that. Uh, these women are all to different degrees, but they're all quite attractive, right? On the bachelor. Sure. Um, and they, I don't see any, yeah, maybe, maybe you'd say, oh, this is, uh, it's confounded by the fact that they want to be celebrities and so forth, which is true. But I mean, they're in an environment where they've already kind of selected this guy and they're all pursuing him heavily. And I just don't see any of this sort of coyish behavior that you're you're sort of imagining would happen. And I think that's, it's not the bachelor's maybe not the best example, but I think it gives you sort of directionally the idea of where they how they'll behave. However, when you're meeting in the bar or like you're having dinner with them on the second date, there the more attractive woman is going. I think going to behave quite differently than the unattractive woman. Yeah, I think you've convinced. I understand your thesis here, and I think I agree with it. Have you yeah, experienced like in your life like a like a correlation of any kind between like attractiveness and and sexual performance on women? I mean, no, maybe, you know, I don't think so. I have experienced massive differences in enthusiasm. But just ran, it's randomly distributed. Sorry, sorry. Enthusiasm before we're in the bedroom. Yeah. I mean, I now that being said, you can... Wait, wait, no. You've seen massive different... Oh, you're saying you've seen massive differences in enthusiasm before you're in the bedroom based on attractiveness. Yes. It's easier <laughs> It's easier to get laid by less attractive, attractive people. people. Yeah. Yes. The uh, Now, the you can definitely, I'm sure, modulate the enthusiasm of the woman while having sex by your behaviors. So for example, if you're, uh, if you say something mean to her right before you're having sex, unless that's her fetish, it's probably going right. to decrease her enthusiasm. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. So we, we, we can take what Susie's saying here at face value and right. assume that she's a skilled practitioner. She certainly was good at making that audio, uh, clip yeah. that yeah. we uh, listen to. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. This person says they're 
girlfriend is making them choose between their sex toys and her. And I thought that was a strange topic because it implies that it's a man with sex toys. So Hmm. allow me to read. So I'm generally new to having sex toys in my life, and my girlfriend is a bit of an overreacting type person, and occasionally I use my toys to de-stress and unwind after work. Well, we're about five months into our intimate relationship after being close friends for about two years. And about four days ago, I casually brought up the idea of trying sex toys for both of us and even insisted we go to an adult shop downtown. And immediately she declined and said anything that's not natural will never touch our skins. Our skins. Okay. Hannibal Lecter here. It's weird. And it came clean. Or it wasn't Hannibal Lecter. Who was the other guy in that movie? You mean the, yeah, Buffalo Bill. Yeah, wasn't he You're the skin the guy? Of the lambs, of course. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, he says, and I came clean about owning four flashlights. Now, we'll get into the volume of flashlight ownership there in a moment. Fast forward to tonight. She came storming into my apartment and basically said, it's either me or your sex toys. Choose. I'm at a loss here. I love our sex life, but I also love the feeling of the sex toys. Kind of like how after I'm done with the toy, I don't have to make sure it's emotionally stable and or needs water or a towel, <laughs> you know? So this is, yeah, the flashlight. Okay. I could just chill in silence and let the feelings tingle and drift into relaxation. On the other you do hand, have to my clean sex, the toy. You do. I hope he is. Maybe that's why he has four. He just keeps buying new ones. On the <laughs> other hand, my sex life with my girlfriend is a long mission. There's all of foreplay and teasing about 1.2 hours usually. 1.2. Otherwise, I get the speech about climaxing as a woman is different than a man's, which is a nice cherry on top of the pie. But if I'm tired, I just want to come and go to bed. Any advice on how to go about this? All right. So he's talking about two different things. One is, sounds like this guy might actually prefer to masturbate <laughs> than to have sex with his girlfriend. Uh, and two, is his girlfriend uh, in her right mind to be upset about his ownership of at least four flashlights and potentially other paraphernalia? I mean, I think that I, I think that uh, there is a gender disparity here, in that uh, it, it is reasonable. It is more reasonable for a woman to find that irritating when a man has a bunch of toys than the opposite direction. And the reason why is because there are many women who really can't get there very easily without some kind of toy. That's a, that's uh-huh. a somewhat common phenomenon. Whereas I, I'm not. I, I actually don't. This is an interesting question, but I don't think there basically are any men who can't climax just with their hand. Yeah. There probably are a few, but it's it'd be unusual for a healthy adult male to have that problem. Yes. Um, I am interested in this question of uh, enjoying masturbation more than sex. Uh, what do you think it would take for somebody to get to that point in their life? Is it like a, an experience? You just are sort of, you've experienced enough things with women that you kind of move on from them? Or is there some... I mean, one axis to think about is if the person is unattractive or unsexually desirable for some reason, hmm. the amount of the effort, man. yes, it, the amount of effort it takes the man to find sex might not be worth it. Or, could, the, uh, yeah, or the kinds of partners that they're able to have sex with might be low interest enough that, you know, you might prefer masturbating. I find something pretty compelling in this notion of just not having to tend to the other person. Like not having, they're not being another person. You're just like, oh, like this this way I can do this simply for myself. And like, I can just, I can divorce this activity from right. another person. Yeah. And I think that like, there is a somewhat likely step that technology will get to where uh, some substantial proportion of, well, look, let's be honest. Uh, the 
the percentage of young men, say in their early 20s and late teens, who have had sex with a partner is lower now than it was like 30 yeah. years ago. I'm, this is probably not, due to technology. I'm not equipped with numbers here, but I've seen various articles written about how, the, yeah, the number of virgins who are making it into their late 20s is increasing. The amount of people who don't have a girlfriend is much higher. The amount of sex being had by people under 30 is much lower. So yeah, right. I mean, this is definitely an epidemic. Yeah. And so technology is sort of, and, and that, that kind of makes sense to me that technology can operate as a much better, well, maybe it could operate as a male replacement in relationship, but it, it makes sense to me that it can operate more easily as a female replacement because fundamentally what men want in a relationship at a surface level is much simpler than what women want at a surface level. I think everybody wants companionship actually yeah, and friendship and so forth. But, but there's like this element where it's like the woman wants a relatively complicated set of behaviors and the man just wants to ejaculate in something, which does correlate with kind of sure, the evolutionary want, imperative there. They want a high, high rating orgasm. The guy? Yeah. Like there's a difference between a four out of 10 orgasm and a eight out of 10 orgasm. And I think for most men for now, they get better orgasm sensations from partnered sex than from masturbation. Yeah. But that gap uh, is closing. Well, that's and for the thing, some people, and, might, and for yeah. some people, it's inverted already. Yeah, I mean, I uh, recently like uh, this guy, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, like I was, I was recently talking with somebody about fleshlights, and I think the fl fleshlight actually can improve that on two dimensions. One, it gives more stimulation to the head of your penis, and secondly, because the fleshlight has a, um, I don't have a fleshlight, so but I, but it makes sense to me in this particular. I, I'm able to sort of ideate around it. It has a, a rigid outer body, thus being like a flashlight mm -hmm. uh, in a soft inner core. Um, uh -huh. It prevents you from doing death grip on your penis. And so therefore you oh. have a more sort of uh, light sensation on your penis. It's sort of enforced by the way the device is, is set up. Okay. We could probably get this uh, sex toy company to send us a flashlight if you want to try I have one. questions. Yeah. I guess I would like, I would like to try a flashlight. So if you can you might only be able to get one, so then one of us will have to use it first. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure we, we can, can get We can do a one. rock, paper, scissors live on the show. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> Determine that one. High it's stakes will be best. best uh, you, probably, you might be able to turn it inside best out. Best of seven series. Yeah. High, high drama. Um, no. But wait, hold on. It has, it has a hard sheath. You can't really control the pressure on your cock. That's right. They, the one that I huh. was missent somewhat, by the way, I, long time listeners will know that I was, I had one miss, uh, one of these types of sheaths myths, miss sent to me, which sounds like a lie, but it was actually addressed to somebody <laughs> else and I received it and I used it, but it had a sort of a soft sheath. It was just kind of a, a, a yeah, I mean, it was just a gel gelatinous thing you could put over your cock yeah. and like hold in your hand. No, the, the flash flashlight actually is like made of hard plastic with the soft stuff inside of it. So it basically prevents huh. you from tightening the grip like that. Which I think is part of the the allure of it. I mean, are are you making an argument here that a woman should potentially be happier that he's using a flashlight rather than his hand? Oh, that's a really good point. I was not making that argument, but it's a really astute point. And maybe yes. Thank you. I mean, if a woman, it's actually a fair point. If a woman had the choice between a man masturbating with his hand and a flashlight, she probably should pick flashlight because it will like keep him more sensitive. That's right. It's actually a great point. It'd be, it's like you could imagine fleshlight um, marketing to women with that message. Save your man for yourself. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, what it comes down to is it just makes it easier to get him off. Like, it's not, I mean, you don't have this like sort of, uh, porn induced situation where like you're giving him a blow, but he has to like pull out and beat off to come, which is, I think, sort of common. Yeah. I mean, amongst all the things that are annoying about having sex with men, <laughs> I would imagine him not being able to orgasm reliably would be pretty high up there. <laughs> you know, like that right. experience as a woman of yeah, not being able to even give him pleasure would be would be frustrating. Or, I mean, just I, I personally, uh, I mean, I generally watch porn. Most of the porn I watch has male and female in it, although I'm obviously focused on the female more. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't, I do not like it when the guy to nut has to like pull out and like just really super vigorously beat off. Like it, and I can't imagine women like to see that either. It's just, I don't know. It reminds me of like an ape or something. Like you've seen it, like the zoo where like these animals will be beating off and they're just so <laughs> aggressive. Right. <laughs> it makes me think of that when I see this right. happening in the porn. Right. Yeah, I, there's one other thing from this question. Um, you mentioned uh, what, what was the relation to Silence of the Lambs? Oh, uh, she said these things aren't natural and they will never touch our skins. Got it. Okay, so if you you've probably had um, somebody that broke up with you or like a former lover that you're ang- uh, unhappy with, is that right? Um, sure. Um, all right. <laughs> so where's this going? Oh, sure. Sure. I was discussing this with somebody else. Like, let's say, let's say that you decided this is not, you know, of course something that would ever happen, but let's say you decided to, uh, to murder that person. Would you say. want them to know you, would you want them to know you did it or would you want to do it, uh, like in such a way they don't know you did it? Like Aren't in other dead? words, would you want to like, no, no, before they're dead. Like, so in other words, would you want to be like Silence of the Lambs where you like put them in a well and they know it's you and there you are, you're like teasing them. Or would you want to like do it from afar? Cause I was thinking about this the other day, which, and this is not <laughs> something I think about very often, uh, but it just came to my mind. And I thought that, uh, I would not want them to know it was me because, why? uh, it, oh, because if they, because I think they would pity me. I think they'd be like, oh, they would be oh. like, they would, you're just letting them win one more time. Does that make sense? They know. Like, oh, that you care. Yeah. yeah. They say the opposite of love is not hate. It's the opposite of love is indifference. There we go. So, I mean, so I'm, I'm curious what you, what you, so I think I would pr- prefer, I of course would never remotely consider doing such a thing, but I, but just ideating, yeah. I would, uh, I think I would prefer them not to know. So I'm just causing the harm to them without them knowing it was me. So that way, like, I don't have that sort of shame cast upon me. Yeah. I mean, my intuition <laughs> This is just a thought experiment to be. Yeah, of course, of course. Keep, keep headlining that. No, no, I, yeah. Is I would want them to feel some sort of regret about the action, and it would be hard mm. to get them to feel that emotion if they didn't know why they were being murdered. So you would want to like waterboard them, or like do some sort of a torture where you like kind of maybe or like a Clockwork Orange type situation where hopefully yeah, you, you change their feelings. You want to coax like a desperate apology out of them. I don't think you would get that. I think you would. Get I don't think so either. And be like, "Oh, look at you! You're you, here. You are again." Like I just think that's what I you agree. would get. It would be yeah. terrible. Yeah. But you all okay? Right. So so don't all murder your exes. Say, listeners. Yeah, you wouldn't murder your ex because you wouldn't get anything out of it. Which fair right. point. Yeah. I mean, there's other reasons I wouldn't do it, but then, yes, of course, of uh, course, amongst the many. We're all we're definitely humanists here. Yeah. All right. Let's move beyond the uh, guy choosing between his sex toys. Um, this person asks, "How to stop squirting dur- during sex?" 
Uh, this is a 27-year-old lady. As the title states, I am looking for advice on how to stop squirting during sex. I never used to do this. Then over the summer, our sex life improved greatly, but I also began to have female ejaculations. While my fiance says it's hot, I absolutely hate the aftermath. All right, so I, I hear her here. The aftermath is a hassle. I hate having to do laundry or avoid a wet spot when we want to go to bed. I've heard so many posts about waterproof blankets and even suggestions of puppy pads, but I just don't want that burden. Mm. I want to go back to being able to have sex in a car kitchen bed without having to de- decline because of a mess. Unfortunately, I've only been able to find articles on helping your partner get to ejaculation rather than getting them to stop it. Would kegels be a good place to start? I've seen mixed reviews on them improving and helping stop squirting. Lastly, would having more frequent sex help? I work distance, so I'm gone for a month at a time, and we generally have sex once a week when I'm home. I have a high lib- libido, but he does not. Um, yeah. Yeah, this I mean, is one of those yeah. things where if you, let's say you have the occasional ability to squirt, I really don't think you should train yourself to do that more. Uh, <laughs> to the extent that they're disconnected from orgasms anyway. And I think they are disconnected from orgasms, but that's a bit controversial in some circles. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is it's an interesting question this person poses because essentially what she's really asking is like, I have urinary, urinary incontinence can I fix it? And yeah, there are things that can be yeah, done, but I mean, you see, if you're not willing to acknowledge that it's urinary incontinence, then you're going to have trouble. Right. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> yeah. Like, so I women, mean, this is like, so this listeners, is a thing a woman if, you, might, if, if, if you doubt various things about squirting, you can go back and listen to <laughs> the 20 episodes where we've litigated this topic. They were fairly yes. early in our podcast history. Yeah. I mean, it's, there are things, for example, after pregnancy, they're, um, they're very like if somebody gains and loses a bunch of weight, things like that, there are like situations where women can have incontinence. It's much less common for men because the apparatus in a man is longer, more complex, mm-hmm. um, uh, well, longer at least. And, uh, so, so this is a thing that happens and yeah, there are various surgical exercises you can do, there's surgical, um, interventions that are possible, but yes, you would have to emotionally accept that that's what's coming out of your body first. So, and I think that could be the, uh, the blocker here. I, I don't know. I think she doesn't, she wants to stop, which implies that she doesn't think it's connected to her orgasms, which is, which is good. That's a good start. I mean, step one is wanting to stop. Yeah. Well, maybe she, I mean, well, I mean, it's a, it's possible for someone to enjoy doing it. I mean, there are guys that go on and on about wanting to like the woman to come all over their face, which makes you wonder if like they're, they really want a guy to come all over their face. In other words, they're sort of imagining a facial or something, but I, I I've seen Oof. that repeatedly where guys kind of like, um, obsess over this kind of activity. I think I used to before I was convinced that it's just urinary incontinence. Wait, like, can you say more I, about that? Yeah, I think at some point I imagined that mm. squirting was 100% correlated with orgasming for some women. And but that you knew it was urine or did you not know it was I urine? I think this is like before I had fully thought this through. But at some point, yeah, I thought that How like a you? woman squirting was some sort of sign of like my sexual proficiency. And yeah, uh, bathing in that rain seemed potentially this cool. This is like, this is like uh, <laughs> I had a friend that I knew in like middle school and high school and then after college. And at some point I learned that he only discovered the Beatles when he was like 25. 
What? And then he got really into the Beatles. Yeah, or like yeah, twenty three, something like that. He got really good. into the Beatles, and he's like really. And I was like, I was like, dude, you know, my parents had records of the Beatles. I listened to them in like third grade. Like I was, yeah. I enjoyed them from like. Well, I still enjoy them, but I mean, I really heavily yeah. listened to them I mean, for like from five your years there. Surely, sure, exactly. And uh, this is like that. It's like how how did you? Oh, I you're a smart guy. How would how is it possible that at any time you thought that <laughs> that fluid was coming anywhere from the bladder? But from the bladder, I mean, like all you have to do is like take a cursory examination of any anatomy, anything, and it's like, huh? There's no, there's no. Mike, I'm not defending for this. Okay, uh, yeah, okay. I'm not defending my position here. Like I'm, I'm admitting right. it was sort of ignorant naivety, but okay. this notion that there is something a woman can do that is analogous to a man, which is like ejaculating a substance due to sexual pleasure was something that I believed was possible. And I, I am now much less convinced. And it turned you on because you, yeah, you thought it was like connected to her pleasure and you're doing a yeah, good job. And I thought it was, yeah. And then her pleasure was connected to my performance. So now, I, as I just want to say something. Um, <laughs> okay. First of all, I never, I never labored that under that misconception, but uh, I wasn't even really aware of wording as a big phenomenon until like phenomenon until maybe five to 10 years ago. Like it just wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Hang on one, one other thing. Okay. I actually am more turned on by the fact that they can't do that. See, I think this is the thing. I think that men should not be into squirting because it's what, what I, what turns me on more <laughs> with like females is like they're, it's like the, the sexual dichotomy, right? It's like, oh no, they don't have that. I have that. Like that turns me on more. It's like, I have the male part. So they sort of need me to to perform that function. They're sort of get missing upset, between us. And, do you get upset when your partners are wet? No, no, that's their function. No, then that's I their see. function. Okay. I, I that's, don't. That's I, inside I, the I, bounds I, of acceptability. Or yeah, well, that's the, hang on, hang on. But but if if I'm watching a porn and a guy has just a ton of pre cum, I don't like that. <laughs> Because that's the male doing the female function. See, I want. I'm, I see. This is the thing, and honestly, I think this is part of what bothers maybe other people, but certainly me about like transgender stuff. Like, it's fine, and I, I've, I've said on the podcast that like I've enjoyed transgender porn more right. I think, than Keith does. So like I, I'm whatever, but <laughs> I like I really like the sexual dichotomy. I think men generally do. I I don't think it matters as much to women, but men. This is I think why men. Uh, look at like the crotches of people like when i'm like swimming in a swimming pool i like the fact that the woman's swimsuit has nothing in the crotch right it's like i like that dichotomy it turns me out so i so i don't want the woman to squirt i want her to be incapable of incapable of squirting i want nothing to shoot out because she's not a man yeah i hear you like what you're saying makes conceptual sense i think in my mind the genitalia difference is pretty profound and so esoteric differences in when and how much and what kind of substances they secrete are less important to me. I want them to be as opposite as possible. So I like, hear you. I, understand I want what the man to be totally dry until he orgasms. I want the woman yes. to be totally wet and not orgasm anything. And like, then they're going to be yeah. other. Like, oh, oh, I can give you another example. So I remember very distinctly um, in high school, uh, the woman, a uh, girl that, uh, that I had sex with a bunch of times had a clitoris that would like kind of erect a lot. I think this is something that there is some, um, what I'm trying to say that it's not, it's not c consistent among women. I'm, I'm sure you've noticed this, like different women have different amounts of erectileness in their clit. Like mm -hmm. this is something you've noticed. Okay. And this woman, this girl had a lot and I really did not like that. And I think that's why, because I'm like, no, this is <laughs> now this feels masculine to me. Like it's just, it's, 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 it's enlarging too much. I can feel it throbbing. I don't want that. I want it to be like very, this is a, probably also why men don't like 
sorry, they shouldn't say this strongly, but it's considered more aesthetic to have smaller labia, right? Yes. It's not they don't like it. It's but again, it's like it maximizes the sexual dichotomy. The dichotomy. Yeah. 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 Okay. And it makes things like anuses complicated because men and women both have anuses. So then you got to figure out a way to make to dichotomize those. Like how can the man's anus be different from the woman's? It's not much. The man's is typically hairier, although I think right. women might do things yeah, to when make watching their... porn like that always that I, yeah well the man's the woman's so like when i'm watching porn with like a- anal in it uh-huh. it matters like i don't like an anus with nuts right in front of it so that to me creates the dichotomy there right yeah, i me want neither. the anus not to have nuts right in front of it yeah. but in yeah. principle if you just saw the anus getting penetrated a man and a woman would be identical you shouldn't care or a mouth it's the same thing right? do you it's think like, you why, could why recognize you... a man's anus from a woman's anus <laughs> Assume they'd both I'm shaved and bleached. We're going to go to like the glory hole. Philo- uh, uh, oh God, here we go. Situation where like I, <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I put my penis through the glory hole and there's an anus there and I don't know if it's a man or a woman's anus. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm penetrating. I, there's no way I would know the difference. I'm positive. I could yeah. not tell the difference. If you zoom out enough, of course, but yeah. If I could look, if I could look through the hole and see the nuts, but I assuming yes, I can and I always. do what I feel, then no, they would be identical. And so right. I, I shouldn't, I should actually be indifferent between anal with a man or a woman. Yeah. And yet I'm not indifferent. I want to say one more thing on this squirting thing. I don't know how you can detrain yourself from incontinence. I do think, you you mentioned this a little bit earlier, it seems that squirting is becoming a increasing, certainly an increasingly discussed and maybe an increasingly participated in phenomenon. I, I, I think some women may be sort of trying to train themselves to squirt. And I would caution against going down that road because I'm not sure it's as easy to go back up it as it is to go down it. Yeah. And the thing I was thinking while you were saying that was whether when two men engage in doggy style anal sex, if your nuts push against each other's nuts. Um, what, how is that? (laughs) Totally unrelated. It's just, I was still thinking about the anus, still thinking about the anus. So, (laughs) okay. Well, you're still, um, meditating on that. I'm going (laughs) to move on to our next topic. Men who are able to last during intercourse, how do you do it? First off, I am a woman, (laughs) and I want to acknowledge how difficult it must be to know that so much of the mutual satisfaction in a heterosexual encounter depends on you being able to last longer than she does. The female structure analogous to the penis is the clitoris, and if I had Hmm. to put my clitoris in something that felt as good as a vagina and not come until someone else is finished, I don't think I could. You have my sympathy for the amount of mental pressure that must be. That said, if you are able to last for at least a few minutes during PIV, how do you do it? Do you practice edging? Do you try to distract yourself? Is a little bit of death grip syndrome a good thing? Are you just naturally able to last? Please share your experience slash wisdom. Sounds like like somebody wanting some literatica written for them. Yeah. I mean, I sort of liked the articulation of of this post. First of all, didn't have any detectable grammar errors in it. Decent yeah. sentence structure. Uh, but what I wanted to get to was this guy's response, which I think sort of sums up to sexual experience in a way that I hadn't thought of before. He says, oh, wow. one of the benefits to masturbation, and this is true for both men and women, is that you gain better understanding of your body's orgasmic process. In other words, you develop a sense of where you are on the path towards climax so that with enough of that awareness, you can figure out when to slow down or speed up or to take a pause as a way of accelerating or decelerating the process. To be clear, this isn't some kind of perfect system by any means, but my point is that the better that you understand how your own body works, the easier it becomes to learn how to control it to whatever degree you can. 
For the same reason, people who learn to edge are able to have better orgasmic control as well, because that's not, that's all about identifying where the point of no return is and learning how to ride that edge as long as possible. As with all things, this takes time and practice, though. Yeah, I, I could tell when you started reading what this guy wrote that he was some sort of like weird tantric guy. He's like sitting on a butt plug with one of those little Buddhist yeah, the, the uh, bowl bell things playing it. room. Yeah, like the, I could tell just from the way he was approaching this. I mean, I, I'm not sure that's I, I guess that's true. I, I think you learned that pretty quickly, like the kind of I mean, stages. I would I think you can compress the time scale here and just say, like, look, like you sort of learn when you're getting to various uh, cliff functions that you that you want to try to avoid. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, uh, I, I, but maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. after masturbating 30 times, you sort of figure it out. Well, I mean, it also, look, I mean, I, I think, okay, there are a couple things. One is that uh, I kind of found appealing her notion of in of uh, putting her clit into something. Mm -hmm. I was imagining like um, a really small scale person that's so small that it could be fucked by a clit and then that person fucking another person. Like it, it just keeps getting smaller and smaller. So I was imagining that. I don't know that a woman... There are like these toys that are basically like will suck on your clit. I don't know. I think in most cases a woman actually wouldn't would find that not compelling. Like it would sort of hurt or not be that stimulating to have to insert it in something. But uh, I think that most of the reason guys premature ejaculate is none of these things. It's because okay. they uh, are in an early encounter with a new partner or an early encounter in their life. And they're so excited to be doing this to a woman that it... So I don't, so I don't, I don't like, in other words, um, uh, the first in my life, that's actually probably not true for me, but I was going to say like, I bet it's, I bet, I bet, the frequency of masturbation, I bet does not decrease likelihood of premature ejaculate is the point. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can train yourself through like, huh. you know, just masturbating a ton, a ton, a ton, because you're still going to have this new stimulus. And the thing is like your, your brain rewards you in a fundamentally increased way when you're with a live partner this is something that vr and will eventually let me think simulate about to the level yeah i think when you masturbate you do sort of encounter various increases in arousal and you can sort of modulate that depending on whether you want to watch more porn or not or whether you want to come but I'm not yeah. sure if masturbating <laughs> watch more porn or not. Yeah, go on. I'm not sure if masturbating ten times a week versus once a week would materially change my ability to sense those various increases and decreases in uh, likeliness to orgasm in the next ten seconds or not. Like I think well, it would you sort of you sort of learn how it works with yeah yeah you get you get ninety percent of the benefit for ten percent of the masturbation. Right. I mean, in some very local sense, like if you masturbate five times in a day and then you have sex with a woman, sure, it's going to delay your ejaculation. But if you have to okay. impose like a, a one week dry spell in there, the reality is that I think you're going to have a tendency. And if you have a new, very attractive part to you partner, it's going to be, you're going to be more toward your tendency of how quickly you ejaculate. And I don't think any level of masturbation is going to change I that. Think I, uh, I guess I disagree slightly. I think okay. you could employ some sort of mindfulness practice while having sex, which is to like pay attention to whether you think you're getting close to some sort of edge. And I think some people might not be as mindful about it as others. And so 
trying to pay attention to it could make, does make some difference. Yeah. I mean, that must be true because they're men who uh, are unable to do like the pullout method or whatever, uh, or unable to, they, you know, they have the condom breaks or something. There's, right. there's, there's, there's pregnancy, the unplanned pregnancy that happens basically because the guy for the, the guy's fault basically is a moron. <clears throat> yeah. He well, or he's unable to, he doesn't have the wherewithal that you're describing to sort of understand yeah. and control his, Maybe I his responses. Victim blame the man here. He's, um, uh... Not being mindful. Does anybody in society think that the man is the victim when a woman is impregnated by accident? <laughs> or, you know, unwanted, uh, un- unexpected well, uh, pregnancy? I mean, there's one and only answer here, which is, yeah, no, nobody thinks that. No, I don't. nobody. Yeah, that's why you're, 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 so I don't think it's victim blaming. It's, it's like, a, it's like culpable blaming or whatever. You're, you're blaming the, yeah. <laughs> We're not going down this road. All right. What I is hear you. the but, most? Wait, hang, hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on. But the, the, uh, I, but. I still think that the okay. Let's ask it this way. Let's say you have a, uh, as sometimes happens for you, you have a new, very attractive partner. Okay, and you are for the first time having sex with. Yes. Do you really employ mindfulness practices? Is this like do you? Is that a thing, or do you orgasm pretty quickly? I don't think I've ever meditated during sex. I meditate quite a bit. But I don't think I've ever really tried to focus on being mindful during sex. I should. Okay, so you basically just let it happen. You just, you're just, you just know that in those first couple encounters, you're going to come pretty quickly. Yeah. Like within 10 minutes, say. Sure. Now, this is the thing. Like, I don't think, I mean, in principle, could you do that? Yes, but. Yeah, I mean, if you put some money on the line and we're like, look, you got to be a little bit more responsible here. I think I could be. Responsible is not the right word. A little bit more. I don't know, man. With a new less, partner. Less selfish. It's hard. And also, it is. like, I have another question. Actually, this is something that I was thinking about while in the supermarket the other day that I wanted to ask you. What percentage of the time, and you can not answer this if you don't want to, but but my, I'm curious. What percentage of the time with a new partner, your first sexual encounter, are you and or her and or she uh, above the legal limit alcohol-wise? I think it's pretty high. I think it's pretty high. So as I've gotten older, like as I, as I no, as I'm getting older, I'm running into more people who don't drink at all. I think that's becoming, okay. it's good. I think that's becoming an increasing trend, at least in the spheres that I've been dating in. Okay. But I think generally in the US, there's more people who don't drink at all. I sort of, yeah, the reason I was wondering that was because I, I have some suspicion for a man, less so, but I have some suspicion that women might often drink before first, second, third sexual encounters because it helps them get over some kind of hump. Yes. It's a social lubricant. That's There's no controversy well, but, there. It's not social, right? It's like the hump of, okay, now I'm going to undress in front of this guy that doesn't know me that well and he's going to stick his penis in me. Like I that's think my, that's, that's, yeah. It's okay. We can have a vocabulary discussion. Sure. It, sure. It, it lowers inhibition. Right. Right. Like that must be a very, like for the guy, it's, 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 yeah, it's obviously a bigger deterrent for the woman that, or, or a bigger step for the woman in that situation than for the man. Um, yeah. She's opening herself up in this profound way. Sure. I mean, sometimes, you know, men need some liquid courage, as they say. Well, I would, yeah, but I would guess. Some men are I'm more naturally guess. aggressive than others, but I think alcohol can help some men who are more passive generally be more assertive. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. That makes sense. Like, so you're you're basically saying there's that benefits the man for both sides. Not, 
right the man might not I don't know if actually is the right pursue that yeah there's differences he'll, in behavior from both sides even if he's totally sober he'll want to pursue having sex with her but he might not be yes. willing to take whatever actions are necessary. right okay that makes sense right. so they're each they each have a thing that they're they're using the alcohol to accomplish yeah. that makes sense well and like alcohol is such a common part of early dating as well because it is a social lubricant as well and so people feel more comfortable interacting especially introverts that i mean but the you see one of the things that it makes occurs to me makes that occurs to me then is that means i mean they're even even a prolific uh dater only as as a man or as a woman say as a man has a relatively small number of times in their life when they have this experience of a new novel attractive partner that they're excited about and then you're you're dimming the memory of that with alcohol like i could imagine a man like specifically wanting to be like no no i'm gonna this is gonna be great i i think yeah, <laughs> that would make sense to me they're like no no i'm like pretend to drink maybe but actually you're like no i want to remember this, this i hear awesome. you i don't understand why there are so many sort of profoundly interesting experiences that people get hammered through their own weddings yeah. they go to game seven of a sporting event and they turn it into an open bar like I don't understand yeah. why people do that. It's like this is something that you want to have your memories well crystallized. About. That's right. I mean, if I were if I were going to the electric chair, I for sure would want to be drunk or like Valium <laughs> or something. But man, if I'm going to have like go to Game Seven, if I cared about a sports team or if I get whatever, like, yeah. yeah, I want to be like stone cold sober. I want to be like present. Right. Like let's yeah. have this memory in my head and, and just really yeah. experience it. Yeah, I totally agree. I've been lucky enough to be to a few game sevens in my life and I never drink. And it's strange, especially as the games wear on, just seeing the drunkenness around me. Um, I consider the fact that I've never been to a game seven to be an element of, of something lucky for me. So given your stead in life. Yeah, I think that's right. I and think. also my, my pension for rooting for teams from Cincinnati. Right. Where, uh, yeah, not, uh, yeah, not unfortunate not choice. Not a whole there. lot of uh, game sevens coming out of that town. Yeah. Well, they don't even have hockey and ba and uh, basketball, so your only hope would that's be true. baseball uh, for game seven. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, rich men typically go to. I mean, wasn't Elon Musk famously at the Super Bowl? Wasn't he sitting next to like Jared Kushner or something? Or the weirdest person next at the to Super Bowl, Bowl this year was uh, Paul McCartney. Hmm. How so? Which I I. I I guess I would bet a thousand dollars that like I could come up with a multiple choice test that he couldn't pass on the rules of American football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it wouldn't require like anything. It wouldn't be like fair catch kicks and stuff. It would right, be like, right, right. not like a, how many not yards are needed for a first down. Or yeah, something. like how many how many points do you get for a safety? It'd be just like, yeah. you know, something a little esoteric, but nothing crazy. Right. And I just think he'd be like, I look, I don't know, man. Right. <laughs> I mean, okay. now soccer, you're, I'm sure he knows quite well. You're gatekeeping Paul Cartney's attendance at the Super Bowl. I, I mean, it's just stupid, right? I mean, like, you know, whatever. Look, he's got yeah. a lot of good things about him, but this is one of the he negative does. things. And, and yeah. being in the Beatles was one of them. Yeah, no, he's got some good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's done all right for himself. Okay. What is the most polite way to ask a casual friend if he wants to have sex with me? Hey, just need pointers on a conversation I want to have, but I'm nervous about. I broke up with my ex a couple months ago, and I'm not really feeling like chasing new relationships right now, but I still have a healthy libido and want to get laid. I've got a casual friend who lives in my apartment building. I don't know him super well, but he has always been very sweet and polite to me, and we hang out together sometimes. We have a little bit of an age gap. I am 20. I believe he is early 30s that I think would prevent us from actually going out together or anything. But I, don't, but I do think he is hot, and I'd like to go for a ride if he is down. 
he's down. Don't worry about that. But I've never really done the friends with benefits thing. And I'm not sure how you go about asking someone for that. Is it as simple as just asking him, hey, do you want to come over and fuck me? Yeah, probably. What is the most polite way to tell someone that you're not looking for a relationship, but would like to have sex with them? This, um, you know, guys are I've afraid. Never, <laughs> yeah, go yeah, ahead. Like the notion of being propositioned by a woman like this <laughs> yeah. is like, so, it's happened to me kind of once. I was on a date. So like already I'm on a date. So that's just completely different from the circumstance, right? Like yes. that already yes. shrinks the, you know, search space here by four orders of magnitude. But yeah, we were like at the bar and I think we'd had a drink. I think it was a drink. And she was like, do you want to go back to your place and smash? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, but it was just so unusual how she was just did like, you? yeah, I did. This was years ago. Okay. And you didn't get arrested or anything. She wasn't a policeman. No. Wasn't like yeah. Trick. I mean, okay. yeah, those are good questions because that is such an unusual thing for a woman and what, to do. Like, and she just left afterward and, and you never talked to her again? We had been chatting online for a while. So I think she had sort of vetted me in her mind. Okay. Not as much as most people seem to usually, but, you know. But well, yeah, but what I'm interested in also is uh, then she had no, there was no subsequent entanglement. So it was, she wanted to fuck and then she wanted nothing else to do with you. Yeah. I think we met up two more times, but it was basically yeah. just for sex. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a thing that happens. I, I believe that it happens. You, you have an experience there and like I've encountered various other situations like that. I think it's not common. Uh, it's much fantasized about by men. It's and, not and, common yeah. even on early dates, like for a woman to just boldly say like, let's go, let's go do this. I think, I mean, even if it were a thing that was somewhat common, like let's say every woman in their life did this five times as an individual man, you wouldn't hear it very often because every single guy she ever says it to would say yes. Right. So it just wouldn't, <laughs> right. just like the, the, the needle wouldn't come around to you very often. Right. And know? on a single night, a man might approach 10 different women at a bar. Right. Yes. Men are much more likely to get, uh, get rejected. And that's, yeah. And that's women have been I, hit yeah. on generally. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So I don't, yeah. So asking what, how you approach a guy if you want, I mean, look, the real, this is like, I always think there's a hidden premise to these kind of questions, which is, uh, she's not attractive. And I think it's like, you should just deal yeah. with that like forthrightly. So it's like, cause I actually think that's an interesting question. Okay. So yeah, if you're not willing to talk about that, then I think it becomes less interesting because you're imagining that like, it's like, it's, it's, it's some supermodel who is just like, Hey, do you want to fuck? Of course he's going to say yes to that. But let's say that she's right. a little bit overweight, like, you know, um, her face isn't that pretty or whatever. Like, Okay. Now it's more, first of all, it's more believable as a situation because she might have a harder time getting guys that are interested in dating her. And secondly, he might say no, he might say no. Right. I mean, there's an attractiveness level where you would just be like, no, I'll pass. Right. Of course there is. There is. Yeah, of course. Yes. And so in that situation, then this becomes an interesting question. It's like, okay, what does she do? Well, she's afraid of getting hurt, but I think that she's more like a guy in this situation, right? That she will 50, 50, 70, 30, get rejected. And I think you, but like the bottom line is she sort of has to put it out there and you say, yeah, probably you say something a little more euphemistic. You say something that would lead to sex as opposed to being like, Hey, I'm going to have my door unlocked and my, my pussy out at 7 PM tonight. I like, kind of like that. the first comment here says probably the most turned on I've ever been is when I went out with a girl and afterwards she pretty much said, I know this is forward, but how do you feel about hooking up? 
It was direct and it was so complimentary that it turned me on. We men don't get that direct communication very often. Just text him that or ask him in person. I think she should just text him that. I know this is forward, but how do you feel about hooking up? Because he can just be like, no thanks. And it's so forward that he doesn't really need to worry about hurting her feelings. Yeah, but if, but there, uh, so this reminds me of this thing. Uh, let's see, you, you said that if a woman is more attractive, she should be willing to have sex earlier because having sex earlier makes you less attractive. Something like that. It was last episode you brought this up. What, what, yeah, that's not Am exactly I misstating it, it? Go on for the. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that, no, I know this is I think that a woman suffers. A woman suffer. A, an attractive woman suffers less downside risk of the man ghosting her if she has sex with him early. Then okay. So I think that if a woman is less attractive, again, like I think this conversation is sort of not that interesting if you assume the woman's pretty attractive, because then mm-hmm. sure that, that text you said would be fine. But let's say she's moderately less attractive. Okay. I think that I would be more, I would be less receptive to the, hey, let's just fuck because I'd be like, oh, like this is sort of sad. Like this is kind of gross. Whereas then I would be if she hung out with me for a while and there was something about her personality. Like I think I actually would be like as a guy, you want there to be something that you're attracted to. And like, it is possible for a guy to have some attraction to personality and other details, of a person. like some sort of commonalities. And so it's like, yeah, if you're just... It, it really but you think if she announces her intentions early, he, she couldn't make up the attractiveness gap later? I think I might just reject her because I might think- I know, but you could undo the rejection is... later as you got to know her better. Oh, oh, okay. So you're saying she announces her intentions but doesn't immediately try to fuck you. She basically says, look, like I, I don't know, man. Like if a person that you perceive <laughs> as less attractive from you is like, than you is like, hey, I want to have sex with you, like it kind of grosses you out a little. Yeah, like, it, it makes them help. even less attractive. The desperation yeah, is a minus one. It's that one. thing. That's why I brought up your point about it lowering the woman on an absolute scale's attractiveness. Like she needs to build herself up in that case. And hmm. so then I think she should be reluctant to like just immediately come in like that. And she should instead like try to, I don't know, like yeah, make you more attracted to her. I don't know. It's tricky. Like this is the thing is I think this is why like my, my sort of philosophical belief here is as a woman becomes less attractive, her life becomes a little more man-like. Like she, you know, her decision-making has to be a little more like my decision-making. Yeah, she has to be more sex-seeking. Well, but also like she has to demonstrate other, whether it's, you know, she's wealthy or successful or smart or like intriguing or what she has, there's to be something else or humorous. Like if a woman is really, really funny, but she's like a, not that attractive. It's like, I don't know. That could be, you'd be like, oh, okay. You know, Mm -hmm. but like, if she's just like, look, I'm unattractive and I just want to fuck. You're like. And there's also the thing of like, you're thinking, well, how many other people have you sent this text to? <laughs> you know, the attractive woman doesn't send that text. So you would be sort of like, whoa, like, huh. And you'd yeah. wonder if she was a cop or if she was a prostitute or something. But here you'd just be like, okay, like I'm, I'm guy number seven. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I feel like setting aside attractiveness differences. So let's say they're, they're matched or yeah. she's more attractive. I think saying, I know this is forward, but how do you feel about hooking up has basically zero downside risk. If you assumed attractiveness is matched, yes. I just think that that's, I think that, like, I already said my piece. I think that's important. Okay. Yeah. I, I think agree. that attractiveness is basically never matched in this situation. I think that, I think that, yeah, th- we can disagree with yeah, you're not I imagine, think that, Yeah, you can't imagine a, ser- a situation where this a woman is all- wants to sleep with a man. <laughs> no, no, I can. I can. But, it, but, if, but, but this type of situation, I, from my life experience, know this woman is much less attractive than the man. 
That's what's going on. That's why she wants to do this. Like if she was attractive or, you know, matched to him, as you say, she wouldn't need to do this. She would behave with the sort of standard playbook that women use because she'd be interested in a relationship and all this other stuff. She's less attractive. And so she's like, fuck, I, I want to fuck this yeah. guy. I'll go so far yeah. as to say on average, you're right. Okay. All right. I think we have time. Uh, yeah, for- if that's not right. I, 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 my, I, you know, are, are, you can email really attractive women that just want to fuck. You can definitely email me at ymvpod at gmail dot com. Yeah, prove me wrong. Mediocre looking man right here. Yeah, prove me wrong. Yeah. This person says, "Oh yeah, I remember why I wanted to bring this up. <laughs> what is something you've learned along your sexual journey?" And the first comment here is, "Well, this is really weird, but okay, here we go." When you're eating pussy, you got to have a rhythm going that isn't totally uniform. I will never mm. tell my wife, but when she comes, it's because I'm riffing to White Wedding or the alien ant farm version of Smooth Criminal in my head using her clit. Hey, it works. Um, Sure. I'm not sure that this has been my experience. I think oh, okay. random motion during oral is not as good as uh, rhythmic appropriately applied motion well that's what he's saying i don't he says riffing to white wedding well, white wedding alien and rhythm, version right? of smooth criminal is that white yeah wedding? I mean, but these are songs that have like he you know, says whatever, you gotta have a like rhythm going that isn't something. totally uniform oh so, oh yeah i <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> i mean the number one thing you hear is yeah like what should i do to help you know, my female partner come. And the, the number one thing you see is get a yeah, when she tells you don't stop or keep going. Like don't switch what you're doing. Like, oh, sure. don't apply more pressure. Don't apply less. Don't like suddenly do this like new thing. Just like do what you were doing. Like listen to, yeah. listen to what she's saying, follow the instruction. And, um, yeah, this notion of just sort of like randomly darting around her clit doesn't seem like, I don't, I don't think that's what I mean. I think that this okay, would be you think I've mostly rhythmic. This. Yeah, I think this is mostly rhythmic. I, I do have an opinion on this though that's a little mm-hmm. bit different that you could maybe differ, but you'll probably well we'll see. So there is like the advice to spell the alphabet or whatever. Yes. Like there are these various pieces of advice. Okay, I have been persuaded. I can change my mind. I've been persuaded that the that these things amount to uh, the Kiffin technique. Do you want to do you remember what that is? I don't remember. That's the thing where you're perpendicular. Oh. So right. in other words, the the motions are going instead of going top, bottom to top, or bottom to top is would be the direction that you prefer. You don't want her facing away from you, which mm-hmm. would then be top to bottom. Uh instead you're going left to right or right to left. And typically you actually, since your tongue moves much better up and down, down than left, right? You actually right. orient you're going your body across your instead of a long exactly. clit. Exactly. And what I've concluded is that when people find that, oh, there's this tricky thing that works, it's just that they're doing that. And in fact, the thing that works the best is to just do that. And and yeah, then I agree with like a rhythmic motion that the real mistake is going up, down instead of left, right. Yes. Huh. That's what I think. All right. Shall I get the chance? I will A-B test this. The problem is that you have to move your, put your body perpendicular and it's like a little less... <sighs> Uh, maybe you could do com- like less a, comfortable it is maybe you could do like a 45 degree angle maybe you can i don't think so the well you can somehow. but then you're only then you're it's like the vectors or yeah you're only getting can, one over square to two or whatever yeah. of it 
right? I might be able to angle my tongue a little bit or use my neck to, you know, get my head the rest of the way perpendicular. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you, like the trick is to, I mean, you can look up a video, like the trick is to actually put your body completely perpendicular. So you're like making like a right angle, which is a little weird. Um, yeah. you need, I don't know, your bed might not be big enough. You might have to do it on your, your floor. I have a normal queen sized bed. I think I can. Maybe I don't think your body would fit on that side. bed. Uh, per, uh, okay, you can't your legs off the side. That's that's fine. Various. But anyway, various this is just things. like this is why I think like the spelling the alphabet or any of these tricks work is because actually like there are horizontal strokes in there and that matters. And it turns out that like the horizontal stroke mat is more effective. Uh, and then, it, but it's but most people don't do it because it requires putting your body in a different position, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so people think like, oh, here's this weird technique. Okay. The rhythm. I generally agree with what you're saying about the rhythm. though, like it's not doing random things agreed is not good. And like some rhythm that like, you know, I don't know, it's like one of those disco or whatever, the, the thing they do where there's like a build and then a drop or whatever, like people do mm -hmm. in the, the club, like that's not mm -hmm. desired. Like you, you want, but if it was something like, look, you know, just 80 beats per minute constant, which a lot of songs basically are, then I think that works. Okay. All right, ladies, let us know ymmvpod at gmail.com, whether you prefer horizontal motion or vertical motion i suspect most along your clip experienced horizontal and they can look up the kivin kivin yeah k-i-v-i-n k-i-v-i-n yeah you let us know if they don't know yeah. all right that'll do it for episode 111 of your mileage may vary again you can reach us at ymmvpod on twitter or at ymmvpod at gmail.com um, that's also the place to ask us questions. Let us know if you'd like to like us to use them on the air. Yeah, and Keith's paying you thirty bucks right now. Thirty dollars this week. So, yeah, get us that feedback. Thanks to Mike for his time. Thanks to you for listening, and we will see you next week. Je me retiens. Non.